1: And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today.
2: So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm.
1: So what What was the name of the platform?
2: So Freebie can suck ass and die. Uh, Freebie, because how is it? Free- is it...
3: F R I, I have not F
2: R E E V as in uh, very uh, E E I hate that already. Also, yeah, yeah
3: this is going to make me sound like such an old man, but like it's crazy that there are literally like twenty thousand streaming services.
2: Oh yeah, and they're all they're all I'm the free ads. Like literally, the the no, n- oh, yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's
3: a brand new insight, but uh, it feels um, like I learn about sixteen new streaming services every five minutes. It is
2: discussed. Last, my last agency job, uh, one of my clients was a, a website that wrote about like the whole digital advertising space, and one of the big things that was going on was uh, what they called fast, free ad-supported TV, like yeah. streaming services. And once I became aware of that acronym. I started identifying them one after another. And there are conservatively like two or three dozen that people actually like upload content to and content oh, yeah. that can be screamed on other excuse me streamed on other platforms and they just throw it here as well because it's like oh if you don't want to pay for it you'll be bombarded by advertisements it's right to uh, and it's the most annoying thing also, like, at it's least, like
3: seven ads in a row on most of it's, those it's like literally seven 30 second ads there was and it's the same ones every there time was a,
2: a moment especially on tubi where i'm like okay at least with a tv yeah. show it's paced like that where i can you know I can go up and go to the bathroom or something with streaming, you know, shows that were made for streaming. It's a little harder to justify, oh, in the middle of, you know, an episode of. I don't fucking Peaky know. Peaky Blinders, Peaky Blinders, or Ozark he's in the middle or something. Of
1: shooting somebody on a dock, sure. You know? Right? There's no good he's, place he's for doing that. One, uh, you, took, you took me whiskey money. You pay for this one.
3: He's doing that one insane scene that's just him holding a gun to his head and screaming in a field and in the middle of a, it's like, a,
1: hey, do you need yeah. better toilet paper? It all is Did toilet paper,
2: a clothes cleaning product, and the Judge Judy show that he's. It currently would be fascinating
3: to watch. Like, think about the demographics that went into that. That. They're like, oh yeah, like people who are internet savvy enough to use streaming, but aren't internet savvy enough to pirate. So we have to like do like I don't know, middle aged people maybe like yeah. Gen
2: Xers or something. It's it's yeah. really a strange intersection of targeting. Anyway, freebie can suck ass and die because Tooby is good. Tooby Tooby's Tubi, great. Honestly, yeah, Tubi we love warns, Tubi. Tubi warns you about we love Tubi, the the, yeah. <laughs> it, the question is no longer to be or not to be. You simply must to be. Tooby warns you about, about the commercial breaks. And yeah. then they time down. There's a little click ticker yeah. telling you there's 57, 56, 55 seconds left to your ad break, and how many ads Just are so left there. Just so you're not there.
3: startled <laughs> by the. I mean, at least I know that I can throw <laughs> up. Putting like the power back in
1: the viewer's hands. You it know, really is. You. To an extent, to be, I mean, you be do be still have to watch.
2: Yeah. Of the proletariat. Yeah. Um, Freebie yes. doesn't do any of that. It just sort of throws the ads at you. It's I should not be surprised because it is sub to the Amazon Prime Freebie. brand. Jesus. It's so it's it's so bad. I I do not enjoy it. But X Files is there and it's really honestly, maybe Freevie is like a psyop on part of Sony and Mitsubishi and whoever else makes 4K players because now I'm thinking I gotta get a four play 4K player for Sky's TV downstairs so that I can just watch these fucking TV shows on disc instead of having to find them streaming somewhere. I'm, it's making me regress in technology back to physical really based media. For you these were gonna, TV shows,
3: um, transition from Mitsubishi into I was our, I was no. thinking <laughs> of
2: drags
1: on. You could use a dra- like a drags Ooh, on. Oh Sure. Really, hey, what are you, what are you, are you drinking by the years. way, Aaron? Uh, I'm drinking a half of a Negroni that I made an hour and a half ago. That has now had all the ice melt, so it's now just a completely it's watered, a very watered it down Negroni, like Hawaiian punch at this point. Sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a very well, uh, bad made Kool Aid, you know. Yeah,
3: well, at least Negronis are nice because uh, they taste like shit, whether or not you water them down. No, <laughs>
1: so. this is bad. This is a bad take. This is a an amateurish opinion, to be quite honest. Negroni is one of the one of the top. Just Negroni might be like the the bang for your buck. The three ingredients that you should have anyway.
3: All That's not ounce. a bad point. That's not Boom. a bad point.
1: That's fucking. Yeah. What else do you fucking want? Like everything else, is like, oh, you need to muddle the uh, the. That must be why it tastes like shit. With, yeah. No, 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 no. Negroni. Just you, you got three things. You got them for all this other shit anyway. You put them in a glass. You put some ice in there. It if you tastes want, like shit. You put an orange yeah. peel. If you want, you put an orange peel. Maybe you can even express the orange peel, but you don't need to. You can just <laughs>
2: express, you know, the or, or, this,
3: this express the orange peel. This is what I talking about, expressing orange Express <laughs> the orange peel. expressing
2: the orange peel? Speaking of muddling a perfect formula, the movie we're going to be talking about today. Thank you so much uh, for talking, as you me, listening uh, to Try Love. It's a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies we saw, people we met at a trial and cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Find us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. Find the Trilon at Trilon Cinema and at Trilon.org. You're listening to Trilove at Night. I don't have a sound effect Ooh, for it yet, but it's should be get frequent one. enough. It's what should we do? Enough. Like
1: an owl.
3: Owl. Woo!
2: Woo! You hmm. know, like the... Uh, that's a little bit yeah, of an audio. Good... It's not a great audio experience, but I have not made that of metric of quality no, like, for any of the like other sound effects. Close, effect. close
1: your eyes. Hold on. Hold on. Close your eyes. Both <laughs> my close eyes are eyes. actually right, closed. My eyes listener. are closed. Okay. Yeah. We're, imagine, like... We're well, I don't... I'm not going to be able to... But imagine, like, a general, like, soft crackling of a campfire and then a little wood set, maybe some wind throwing some, blowing through some trees sort of situation, maybe a soft chirp of crickets, and then, whoo, that's great. You put that together, I mean, that's, that's okay. incredible. Okay. I have two counter-proposals.
3: Okay. Uh, counter-proposal number one is SpongeBob saying, at night. You remember where he, when he keeps doing that? He keeps going, <laughs> at oh, night? I burned my hand on the stove! <laughs> at night. Uh, I love counter-proposal that. Counter-proposal number two is the Budweiser frogs going, Budweiser. So, do you guys remember uh, the Budweiser frogs? No.
1: I feel like I got it in one, but those those are nice. Suggestions I think both of mine well, are I better. Guess. Actually,
3: yours was no, kind of the, the Budweiser one. Certainly, of not. SpongeBob
1: one. I didn't grow up on the show, so I won't trash talk it. But
2: I mean, you know.
1: Anyway, Jason, please transition. Do what <laughs> you got to do. <laughs>
2: It's a movie. We it's could just a podcast about movies. That would be good. It's a podcast about movies. Um, my name is Jason Daphnis. Congratulations to Cody Narvison and the Minneapolis Monarchs uh, quad ball team for advancing to the next round of the championship. You can find me on Twitter at NintendoFus. Wow. I'm
3: Harry Mackin, and you can tell neither Jason nor I uh, have quotes, but that's only because we actually <laughs> saw this at the Trilon. Um, there we so go. So I would just like to apologize to both of you. If you see me doing the jack off uh, motion. Uh, anytime Aaron's talking, it's my evil twin uh, who's controlling my body, so I can't. I can't help it. So sorry about that, Aaron. I do. Uh, I know. you're doing it apologize <laughs> I
1: Feel uncomfortable now. I don't. This is not a safe work atmosphere. Uh, my name is Aaron. Uh, even when I was a child, I hardly needed vitamins or medicine. You can find me on Twitter at RBPlease.
2: Today's film was actually playing as part of, I think, a one-off series. Double. Feature yeah. with another film called uh, Double Impact uh, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. You should check that movie out. But I can't say the name of this movie due to my own cockamamie rules that I've come up with for this podcast. I'm going to let Aaron do that instead in his patented summary starting around the 7 minute 20 mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yes, playing as part of the Chan and Van Damme times two uh, and then in parentheses or four series. We are talking about Twin Dragons 1992 film directed by Ringo Lam and Swee Hark. A uh, quick note before I get into the summary: the version of the film I believe showed at the trial on, uh, and the version of the film most readily available uh, to audiences here at the United States uh, is the English language dub of the film. Uh, it does also cut out about 16 minutes. I have heard. Um, this is the wait yeah, what the holy
3: shit! <laughs> yeah, that's a um, lot of fucking movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, not not any action scenes. I think there's a scene in oh, the okay. hospital. There's like a fantasy scene. Of, I believe Maggie Chung's character singing or something like that. That's what Wikipedia tells me. Uh, I have not seen, I've seen the dub of this film, not the, not the sub. Um, so just the, the summary I'm about to, to read uh, reflects that version of the film, including character names. Uh, it stars Jackie Chan uh, as two different characters, John Ma and Boomer, uh, two twins separated at birth that end up having very, very different lives. Um, John Ma ends up an incredibly talented, pianist and kind of a musical conductor, while Boomer ends up this uh, kind of street racer uh, slash martial artist. Uh, The two meet by chance later in life. And, uh, you know, um, things kind of spiral out from there. It's a comedy of errors, folks. Uh, Quite literally, some a real shakespearean film you could say uh maggie chung plays barbara right down to the strange uh,
3: bedfellows how how people are constantly sleeping with the wrong right. person that's a big shakespeare thing
1: <laughs> the the play comedy of errors is about two sets of twins that get get all mixed up so that that's i mean there's real real artistic roots uh to the film twin dragons uh nita lee chi plays tammy and teddy robin plays Tyson. Uh, Before I actually pass it over, I'm actually going to take this platform that I have to uh, explain my oh. ultimate take on this film and uh, uh, kind of a follow-up to the many films of Jackie Chan that we've talked about. Well, buddy, is, to,
3: to be fair, you're not really stealing. That's kind of the point of this podcast is for you to say your take on the film. Yes, but I will I will do it up <laughs> he's front. Not thereby. Doing
2: a, he's not doing the hand motion yet, listeners. I mean, he's
3: not doing the
1: hand motion. Uh, I Yes, but I'm doing it uh, while I'm giving the summary, thereby giving what I'm saying a degree of authenticity and
2: mm, uh, unbroken
1: objectivity mm-hmm. that, that will you will find hard to disagree with. Trust me. Uh, Here's what I have to say. The Jackie Chan uh, that you and I know and love uh, uh, can be defined by something that I would like to call the Jackie Chan nice guy asshole complex, which Mm -hmm, states mm -hmm, that every single Jackie Chan film operates by having Jackie Chan exist on uh, one end of a spectrum, which is how nice of a guy somebody is versus how big of an asshole somebody is. And Jackie Chan is either the nicest guy in the entire film. Or the biggest asshole known to man. It, it's and there's sort of no like in
3: between. Jackie Chan's public persona versus Jackie Chan the man in private. <laughs> On either yes, Jackie, Chan,
1: Jackie Chan is either like uh, the foreigner traveling to the United States and observing the uh, bigoted and kind of ignorant uh, uh, kind of you know attitude. and A la and in the of his. Uh, I was mentioning, I was doing rush hour actually, but yes, <laughs> there's multiple films that that falls into, or he's like some kind of well-meaning, but like, uh kind of wacky character that like doesn't want to hurt anybody, but guess what? He ends up getting into fights at bathhouses and whatnot, or he's on the asshole side of the spectrum where he is, you know, police story one and two, uh, actually all the police story films, and three and whatnot, all the police story films, um, uh, uh, the drunken master films, he's the biggest douchebag known to man, constantly getting in trouble for being the biggest asshole, literally a drunken asshole. Um, that is the Jackie Chan, nice guy, asshole complex. Two sides of the spectrum. This film, however, this film kind of melds the two by saying, what if we just had both? What if we yes. had Jackie Chan playing not just not just the super nice kind of, you know, unassuming... It really like, is both Jackie, Jackie Chan roles.
3: Wax. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a hey, really good point, said, actually. <laughs> we, could
1: just, we could just shoot the same scene Yes. Same camera setup jackie chan we just shoot him twice acting against himself and one is the nice guy and one is the <laughs> asshole and it's you almost film like, gold
2: you can love him and hate him because there is no him it is them That's obviously right. it's so beautiful right. i know um, Jack Mon I, Boomer, the two, I, the, the two, the, the duality of man. There is, I, I do want to call out one. I remember, like, I'm glad you brought this up because I remember saying this about Drunken Master, like the original, not Return of Drunken Master, the one that everybody knows and loves, but Drunken Master, the 1978 original in that series. I remember saying, like, in my letterbox review that I pulled up because I had this point that, like, unrepentant shit heel is just not a flavor of Jackie Chan I like. I hadn't considered that he's always wow, part of that spectrum. Best, Chan. Like, it's not, it's not what. Like, if if he undergoes some Change and becomes like he finds a synthesis there. I I I get that. I love that. You love to see growth in a character. I don't think that in Drunken Master or in this it really gets there. But it's like, like more specifically to your point, I also left the movie thinking like on a different you know different axis but same spectrum. I think there is. Jackie Chan, like the guy who punches and looks cool, get like punching. And Jackie Chan, the guy who makes it really funny by taking a punch once in a while. And it's like this movie, in a weird way, I think, is almost fun commentary on that. Where it's like instead of having it be one guy, which is the magic of the guy, we're gonna have it be two guys. Consider what you've missed, been missing this whole time. We're going to like separate those two men. We're gonna make the one who gets punched the nerd, the beloved, the the lovable, hated. Exactly, Finally
1: being put into one sandwich.
2: In fact, being separated from two. <laughs> yeah. edges, like, the, like <laughs> kind of I, the opposite. I just, right until
1: the end, when the sandwich comes together. Right, which, which I just one, think is a yes. fa- like
2: a really fun, fantastic idea. I, I was to preface one of my points about the movie. I was not on board with this movie until about maybe halfway through. Uh, we can talk, which about is kind of crazy, why, but uh, all right, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead.
3: Uh, no, I mean, it's – I was just going to say that that's that's a well-reasoned point, Jason, except that, like, the thing about Jackie Chan is that he is always embodying both characters a little bit, right? So I, if anything, the sort of, like, atomization of Jackie Chan, the splitting of the Jackie Chan atom into its cons- constituent parts is, like, kind of the thesis statement of this, right? And I think you're yes. right. Like, I think it legitimately does get you to think about, like, the multifaceted quality of um, – uh, Jackie Chan as a performer, right? Or at the very mm-hmm. least, it gets you to be like, oh, wait, like that's true. Like the reason Jackie Chan is so much more dynamic and fun to watch than most Kung Fu artists is because he's also like a comedy legend. Right. And like, it's so funny to watch him do this. I think something like this, that's just such an unabashed comedy is like the best place for him. Um, I would like to say though, that there is one corollary. I technically generally agree with uh, Aaron in that the unrepentant asshole Jackie is the best one, but uh, Hmm. there's the weird corollary where um, Jackie Chan, also starred in a lot of movies um, in the 80s and 90s uh, and in particular in uh, Hong Kong movies in which the archetypal trickster sort of like rascal character uh, is also often like kind of rapey in, like, a funny, cute way. <laughs> it's it's not unlike the, the uh, R- C-3PO and R2-D2 characters in uh, Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. Hidden where, like they yes. They're super it's funny off for, for like, half an hour, and then it's like, hey, like, there's a like, oh, whole no. scene where they, like, are yes. trying to assault a sleeping woman and it's like, oh, this sucks, actually, really bad. Uh, that, I feel like yes. Jackie Chan often walks into that place. <laughs> ja- Jackie Chan uh, happens to, like, peer through
1: windows and see somebody dressing. Like, maybe... More Sometimes, than your average yeah. human being in real life. And and decides to indulge in that or, maybe a yeah. little more than he should. Or if
3: like in this movie where where Boober just sort of enthusiastically exploits a woman's confusion in order to sleep with her.
1: <laughs> I to be fair, he does not understand at the time. I will yeah, defend I, I the mean, boomer of that's that moment, a, although I guess the film that's fair. The film portraying it sort of. in okay, that remember. manner is maybe suspect. <laughs> maybe suspect. Oh, don't do an okay. Don't do that. Come on, man.
2: <clears throat> Come on, um, man. I, I already did it though. It was like a minute ago. Are you on a leg? You, like? you got really. it. You got to cut. No, I, it, it's gone. Um, I like it is bringing up because we are like there is a certain vocabulary that we talk about when we talk about. Jackie Chan movies, uh, especially on this podcast where we've covered a number of them, Drunken Master, Police Stories, etc. Where like we've established how we talk about his movies and sort of like the joy of movement and the fun of like that dichotomy. And this movie, I feel like, was not playing in that same space for most. Excuse me, most of it. And I wanted to talk, like, open the door to talking a little bit about where it departs from if there is a formula or what we've come to expect from movies starring Jackie Chan with Jackie Chan as lead choreographer with like his patented bits, etc the gags of the fun, the comedy, the, the martial arts, very serious, like a disciplined nature of it and where this movie sort of departs from that, if at all, Aaron.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And then I think that like up until the last like third of this movie, there's not, there's, there's like moments, but there's like not much classic, uh, That's true. As a kind of action comedy, Jackie Chan. There's, there's one scene. Uh, I think it takes place in a mall where they first get switched up, right? And mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, um, boomers kind of fighting off some guy, some thug wearing a very cool uh, Iron Maiden jacket. Yeah, yeah, like,
3: yeah. Damn, Kelly that also that was pretty a big fan jacket. of that jacket, and that yes. was uh, that was Tammy's boyfriend, um, yes. whose name escapes me. I guess it doesn't really matter, but yeah. it's yeah
1: that that fight scene is like not as intricate like i think purposefully so like not as intricate as like a typical jackie chan fight scene instead Mm -hmm. it's like very exaggerated kind of movements that like portray instead of like the action side with comedic bits in the middle it's more of like a comedic scene with like brief stints of action kind of uh uh, popping up here and there i i think that like for me though I, i i do agree that like I could maybe use one more really big action scene in this, but, like, I kind of like the 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 majority of this film that's a Jackie Chan movie that's, like, almost entirely comedy. Like, I think the, hmm. the there's some real nice bits, especially in, like, the hotel scenes uh, with, like, the bathtub and, like, you know, him hiding in the TV stand and whatever that, like, is very goofy and kind of silly, but, like, I kind of can't help but chuckle during those scenes. Like, I do like that version of Jackie Chan, which, like, I feel like you don't actually get that much. Most of what you get is action movie Jackie Chan with, like, bits of comedy, maybe right. here it's, and there. He's
3: he's an action star first and a comedian second, right? He's Whereas, like
1: Buster Keaton Jackie Chan yeah, here, you know what I but mean? Like, yes. but
3: he's fully, like, on some, like, oh, I'm actually one of the great comedic, like, players of my time in this is. movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely, he is. He's one of the best to ever do it, right? I mean... Pretty, arguably, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I, I really like that summary where it's like, this is a movie that is straight up just a comedy until it becomes a comedy action movie. Uh, it does so surprisingly well, though, again, when you have Jackie Chan, uh, how are you going to not do that? Um, this is the the second, I think it's pronounced Sweet Hark. I'm sorry if I get that wrong. Um, but uh, that's the, this is the second of his movies that I've seen. I've also seen Snake, which is a movie I love. And is actually very similar. And so I think that like there is some um, there's some overlap there or at least we can credit Sweet Hark a little bit as sort of a comedic master. Just in the sense that like I think that the, the reason there are two reasons why the comedy in this movie works so well for me. Um, first, first is like a little bit more obvious. And it's just that like Jackie Chan's really great comedic actor but also like um Nina Lee Chai and Maggie Chung are really really good in this movie in supporting roles like they they have a really great physical comedy presence Maggie Chung in general is like a great facial comedian I think um in sort of a way that's overlooked, right? Because she's so beautiful and often plays more dramatic roles. But like, uh, it was super cool to see her in this movie after seeing her, um, remembering that she was in the first two police stories. Right. And understanding that this is kind of a reunion for she and, uh, Jackie Chan playing a similar role. As yeah. The,
1: especially the first police story. I, yeah. I find,
3: um, maybe but, thanklessly, but, but also she does yes. a great job with it. Right. Um, and then the second part is just that like, and this is the sweetheart, uh, um, like English that's put on this ball, I think a little bit, which is that um the comedy in this movie is so ridiculous and so like fever pitch the entire time. Like every single joke in this movie, like the bathtub is a great example, where like you think that you've reached the sort of climactic punchline, and then there are just like sixteen more punchlines, right? Like every joke goes on like, longer than it should, but mm-hmm. to, to a point where, like, you start, it starts to lose you, and then it breaks on through to the other side, and, like, becomes funny again, and I just think that, like, the reason the comedy in this movie works for me so well is because of its, like, total commitment to its absurd, um, hilarious premise, right, where it's just like, hey, like, like, what if we just totally unashamedly just sort of like made every single joke we could think of out of this premise? And we trusted Jackie Chan and Maggie Chung um, and uh, Nina Lee Chai to sell it because we know that they're going to be able to sell it. Um, and honestly, it works like I I was laughing my ass off at this movie in the theater. And and so is everybody else in the theater, too. I think it was a really rowdy, um, great crowd to see it with it was a really great crowd movie I thought mm-hmm. and I think that like it's just it's sort of like this is such a silly movie and such a dumb movie that uh, it can be easy to dismiss but I think there is something really like like really smart about the way it does comedy just in terms of like total commitment in a way that I really like. Like, it's just such a
2: cartoon, you know? It really is. I'm glad you brought up, like, the fact that it does extend, uh, like, comedy sequences and specifically um, punchlines to, like, a, a really ridiculous degree to begin with like i I will say aaron you'll find no enemy in me for like finding this movie funny and finding it like the flavor that it promotes despite not being like directly aligned with what we've come to see from jackie chan's comedy filmography despite it not being that it is still quite funny just like the way that it like subverts the the expectation of basic comedic timing especially for having seen a jackie chan movie where it's like hit 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 joke hit, hit 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 like constant going on in the case of uh, uh, Twin Dragons, often like one joke is sort of played maybe five or six times where you should see it maybe two or three to get the impact. Um, the whole bathtub scene really relies on one basic, I mean it, it's it's the central conceit of like two men looking alike in the same room trying to fool the same woman, um, but Yeah. Try love after dark technical errors. Thank you so much for bearing with us. I think it was in the middle of a point about uh, how long the jokes go on Harry already brought that up. And I think Aaron would probably be able to agree. I guess my perspective on that is that after the first, uh, the only reason I bring up, um, actually, I hope that it's actually catching the right source of my audio. This is not pertinent to the podcast. Just hope that nobody can hear the screeching and critching of it against my uh, lapel. Uh, The after I let go of my pretensions of that Timing of joke of what I've seen in Jackie Chan movies before of the way that these fil- movie- scenes are shot. Aaron, the sh- excuse me, the scene you were talking about the first like bona fide quote unquote action sequence in the mall with Rocky and uh, Ta- is it Tammy the w- the the pianist the yeah, guy's girlfriend John's girlfriend? Um, uh, it's Barbara is Barbara. Uh,
3: Maggie Chung yes. and uh, the Tammy is the
2: um, Nita uh, Lee Chai. So Tammy is dating Rocky, who's a bad boy. Rocky comes to beat John's ass, but Boomer is stepping in and he's able to whip his ass. That's the setup of that scene. And that scene, particularly after a number of others that like do touch at action. But this is like the first what we might you might consider like a traditional Jackie Chan action scene um, is like just some of the sh- shot decisions, like it's pretty clear the line here between a movie directed by Jackie Chan where he gets to pick the angles, where he gets to pick like the editing, where he gets to X Y Z, versus a movie where he's probably done a lot of the stunt choreography and obviously he's done his own stunts, but he hasn't had final say over what actually gets shown in frame because there are so- there's one shot in particular where you're not really seeing much of the action, you're just seeing up a set of staircase like a, a stair. Uh, case at the mall toward where these people are fighting, but they're sort of like centered in the distance and you're not really seeing Jackie Chan punching the guy, so to speak. I don't know if you remember this exact shot, but it's the one that stuck in my head is like, this is a different um, of different, distinct aesthetic and flavor from other Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, I've seen. I would it's, say it's more, that's true. It's more aligned with a lot of other, like maybe that period of Hong Kong, like comedy and sure. maybe even action comedy, but it is not uh, in the same vein. So once I, but here's the thing, once I let those drop and it did take me till about half the movie, I was just conflicted about the whole thing because I was laughing at some of the jokes, but I was really confused as to why they were choosing to shoot them certain ways. Once it hit there, then I was able to just drop everything. This is just, uh, the, and uh, like Harry was saying, personally, I know that I laughed at a single joke, the hardest that I've ever laughed at the trial on. I Which joke was it. that? It was it was it's for later on, probably. But when um, Tyson is being uh, lifted on the magnet at the end <laughs> and, he, and they like let him drop and then just whoop him back up. For some reason, everything about that joke, the setup and the, and the execution, they've got just them, let, really like a I magnetized
3: know. thing. And then they, they reverse the polarity or whatever huh. to get rid of the magnetization and then turn it back on and he's wearing like a bar on his back <laughs> and it sucks him back up. That is really funny. It, yeah. was, it does not play for me
1: watching it just I'm, on my TV at home. So I'll need to go back oh, honestly, man. to that one. It, it, it truly
2: Maybe was. That's a good GIF one. Yes. It <laughs> <There's> <laughs> another like up and down and up and down. <laughs>
3: yeah, there's another really interesting aspect of the comedy that um kind of feels a little bit like Reminiscent of Police Story, although Police Story is, is largely about like sequences between action set pieces where, um, and this is another sort of uh, sweetheart thing based on my very limited experience, as well as just sort of a comedy thing. Um, where, uh, I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons lately, for instance, and one thing that The Simpsons does so well is, um, though there is an ostensible plot to, uh, every episode, there are so many jokes and they go so far to make jokes, including to like cutaways and flash forwards, flashbacks, that like it doesn't really feel conventionally narrative driven the way that a lot of like other, um, like, comedic shows at least modern comedic shows uh do it's better than those shows are like arguably i would argue but um and this kind of felt a little bit like that not necessarily in the the velocity of jokes or the number of jokes but that um so much of this movie like by weight is devoted to scenes that feel so extraneous to any sort of sense of anything happening that, uh, you catch yourself wondering, like, consciously, like, why am I watching this scene right yeah, now? Yeah. Like, there are, and that's a hallmark of comedy, right? And, like, it's kind of like action se- sequences, too, where, like, when you watch an action movie you don't really think about it but it's like oh like most of this movie is just watching guys punch each other right and like there's no real reason why this fight has to be that long except that's what you're here for that's how i felt about a lot of the comedic scenes in this movie right like um all the stuff in the hotel a bunch of the stuff with um with boomer and um tyson or tarzan depending on your uh version um it's just that like i think that like this is it's so funny because like there there's like 40 minutes generously of, of plot in this movie and everything else is just like, we're doing a like almost a comedy set piece, right? Uh, and then we're going to do an action sequence and then we're going to do a comedy set piece. But what I liked about that is just that like, I was legitimately won over by every one of the comedy set pieces, right? And I, I think it's just about like the um, again, the, the total like commitment and just the sheer outrageousness of how far they take everything. Like, for instance, there um there is like a weird second act conclusion in this movie where uh, like the, the John Ma, uh, Jackie Chan is giving a concert and Boomer meanwhile is like doing a job for this crime boss because they accidentally hurt their other driver. And I I thought it was the climax of the movie because i was like oh like this totally makes sense like we're cutting back and forth like they're each trying to do each other's job and they're doing a silly job of it and they're getting in each other's way and everything this is like clearly the scene that the movie was made to like create right and then the movie keeps going for like another half hour and i kind of love that honestly like i kind of love that they had so many ideas that they wanted to do a whole like thing with it although to be fair the climax of this movie is much more traditional jackie chan movie um but i i still really like the fact that they found room for both right it was sort of like a um like tit for tat like well i'm gonna we're gonna get one sweetheart comedy uh climax and then we're gonna get one jackie chan (laughs) climax and it's like hey i'm totally cool with that
1: yeah i'm I was, like, two-thirds of the way... Well, three-fourths of the way through this movie, I was, like, totally with you, where I was, like, all right, this is a just a comedy Jackie Chan movie. You know what? I'm, like, weirdly into this. Uh, I'm okay. There's not as much action. And then there was the final action scene. I'm, like, oh, yeah, this is better. This is... Hey, respect all the stuff that came before, but, like, yeah, the, the climax of this film is like, yeah. excellent. Like, And I, yeah. I, it also, like, makes... uh, So, kind of a weird story about this, but, like, I... I saw this when I was younger. I had also seen the uh, much worse Jackie Chan uh, film. I believe it was an American production, maybe an English production. Um, uh, the tuxedo, where he wears a tuxedo, it's like a magical. or
3: some I think it's sci-fi a super technology. Tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: and he gets kung fu powers Morning tuxedo. I had like mind melded those two films together for some reason. So I, I kept like seeing moments in this film that I had like melded with like a moment from the tuxedo and i was like wait isn't this the scene where this happens like nope completely different film like do you remember specific examples yes so the the scene at the end where uh uh Boomer is in the cage. I guess Boomer is in the cage. Uh, And then John Ma is outside of the cage. And then Boomer beats the bad guy by like doing Kung Fu movies in the cage. I I had that like completely mixed up with the scene in the the tuxedo where Jackie Chan doesn't have the tuxedo, but needs to beat somebody up. And that was Hmm. like, I remember it like, there's no way to explain this, but like visually in my mind, it is like such a distinctly different thing, even though I know for a fact that scene does not happen in the tuxedo. Uh, But like. I don't know, fucking what twenty five years almost at this point has gone by, and uh, just completely different. So I was like watching the climax, and like there were little, very weird feeling, uh, uh, Proustian. There was like little things popping up here and there that I was like, "This is what maybe the fuck." I somehow like, I our like, most literary episode. Something I know <laughs> it was like triggering something in the the deep dark recesses of my mind that I had like seen probably exactly once twenty five years ago. Uh, and had also confused with something I saw just maybe 20 years ago. Um, Very weird feeling.
3: That feeling is so wild because, like, when it happens, no matter how sort of, like – trivial the discovery it is it feels like you've unlocked like the secret of your childhood for like a second you're like oh i understand everything now it's like you know what i mean like all the puzzle pieces finally come together and it's like this was the bit that i was missing and then like three seconds later like no what were you like what are you thinking what are you talking about that's not the right thing at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) or it's just like what do you mean like like this This jackie chan movie did not influence you or something but it's like in that second it's like holy shit like I, I just saw my entire life like I have all of my memories yes. now I'm perfect. So, like
1: Pr- Proust would like go off on paragraphs about how like that <laughs> sort of recollection is like some sort of deep key to you know him eating like cereal is like right. giving him fl- the real he thing He fucking becomes that,
3: like, the quizat heterac or whatever.
1: Right. The real thing explaining uh this very weird uh, feeling and experience I had while watching the, the the film Twin Dragons earlier today is that like I was a kid probably paying attention to about half of both those movies. And so that's well, I, why I and also like half of both those movies.
3: Being a kid like feels like being in a dream all the time where you don't really understand oh, yeah. anything that's happening, but you're having this like outsized emotional. Like, I was like, holding to a it. toy
1: truck and driving it across a car, and I was seeing Jackie Chan in the cage in the background, <laughs> like mainly out of focus. Or,
3: or it's like how I like to this day, like I think the, the movies that creep me out the most are movies that are like objectively not creepy, but I saw them oh, yeah. when I was a kid and like they creep me out then and so like I carry that with me or some shit right it's it's just like there's something about like like being a kid where like you can get those sort of psychic scars the, the, <laughs> really sc- the, easily.
1: Most, the most scared I've ever been was playing Donkey Kong uh, 64 on the N64 and I was uh, oh. playing I think D, I think Donkey Kong if you use his gun you can get the scope thing or you know where you, you like sniper rifle view it the coconut it gun the yeah scope. And uh, one of the bee enemies just all of a sudden just like went like just like right, just immediately oh, no! the, and, like, and eclipsed the entire field of view. of That the does sound scary as fuck. Of. And it, as fair. a kid, I was like, this is the scariest thing that <laughs> has happened to anyone. This is the number one. Like, I didn't even know they existed. I didn't even know that could happen in a game. You know poets, what I mean?
2: Poets and, will will aim for this feeling in the future yes, is what you thought. Yes,
1: the Exorcist has nothing on a bee. <laughs> going into focus in the Donkey Kong sniper rifle.
2: <laughs> like, I'm just imagining like a sort of a wet glistening low poly B. Oh yeah, from you know it was like two, it was like
1: two
3: polygons, dude. It was <laughs> like a kind of little block.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just moving like a weird little swirl. You know? We have
3: to uh by the way Not Jason animated. we have to edit in now uh the first time that the father in uh exorcist sees Pazuzu's face, we can just edit it, like superimpose the little B from <laughs> Donkey <laughs> Kong sixty four into that scene. <laughs>
2: love that shit uh it is making me think like it, 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 for what is memorable and what's not memorable of this movie um it like it makes me question where it decides to sort of lean in and where it doesn't like it leans in obviously constantly to the comedy it always everything's subservient to the comedy but there are some pretty clear layups that I thought it was gonna go for that seem like traditional story structure that might have like benefited the some of the character work and made some of those comedic or are dramatic you doing intent. your uh... Your backseat I, directing I, thing I, now I, that I, you told I'm, me about. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that and a new one.
3: <laughs> well, go on. I like this.
2: <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna call this the chapter uh, at around 12 minutes, where the one where Jason directs <laughs> Twin Dragons. Um, no, like two things one thing is the scene roughly in the middle where I actually started to be won over hypocritically. I'm saying like, I'm denigrating the scene in a way, despite saying like, it is the one where I started to let go of my pretensions, the scene, the setup in the, it's like roughly middle of the movie. Climax is where John Ma is supposed to be conducting uh, an orchestra in, you know, one of his most famed televised radio broadcast uh, conducting experiences. Uh, but he is actually driving a truck for a uh, boomers crime boss. Boomer is supposed to be driving the truck. He is in fact conducting the orchestra. They are in opposite places. They have radio capability. They are broadcasting the concert, and presumably, police blotter is following the the trail of the crime boss's truck because there's an entire police chase. My my presupposition here is that you can make this, and what what plays out is <laughs> what um,
3: my film presupposes <laughs> what, is what
2: what what actually happens is John Ma. Uh, manages to just scrape by here and there by um, accidentally falling out of the truck at the right time and just not stopping, etc. He sort of fumbles his ass way through it. So does Boomer, but Boomer does so by just like sort of almost falling over and flipping around the stage and doing all sorts of goofy shit in the crowd to like emphasize oh conductors really don't do anything they're just waving a wand also
3: perfect example of the kind of joke that really shouldn't work because of how silly and stupid it is but like the sheer commitment that both the movie and Jackie Chan himself has to it made it really funny to me
2: new tears of like okay so it's gonna work that he's leaning backward and sort of trying to gain his balance and that works like a conducting wand and then they just extend that to like he can do backflips and extra size moves, and it can work as conducting ones too. Anyway, what I think this scene could have used is John Ma is listening to the police blotter while, excuse me, the the orchestra being conducted while he's in the truck. He's got a radio. Boomer is listening to uh, the police blotter from inside the conducting hall they can be listening to what the other is doing and enacting it so that the muscle memory, this is the thing we haven't covered, but they have like no, selective no, 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 no. control over the other character's muscle memory. Aaron is... No, no, no. It was, let me finish. Let him it is finish. Exa- I'm going exactly where you think I'm going. I'm cooking, but I'm cooking like rice. You know exactly what cooking. I'm making and where I'm going you're, not, you're burning toast. Now, now, now... Let him now, cook! Now, now, John Ma can conduct with his right hand... And that no. guides Boomer to correctly conduct the piece because Bo- because Jaman knows this inside and out. He knows it back and front. Now Makes Boomer, Boomer can be, this- uh, sorry, Boomer can be moving his hands, moving his left hand as he's conducting to guide. John Ma as he's conducting as he's like driving the truck because he's listening to the police blotter and he knows that they're headed west on you know lyndale at 50 miles an hour and he knows where he's headed boomer is familiar with this town boomer knows the He's he's driving down hennepin toward fifth uh but he but this way they can have synchronicity without realizing that they have this power yet and then that would make i think the final act sing a lot better that they could then sort of like make that their we have to work together moment i think if they were for any reason if they wouldn't do that it's like oh we want to delay that 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 moment of realization that they do have like that they must work together that they have uh the shared skill that They will like complete each other sort of it never really squares that circle anyway
3: sure, no they have john ma beat up a bunch of guys because boomer is controlling him right but that's one way like
2: Jama has, has be- no
3: skills, dude. Jama is yeah. a yeah. loser. No. Nothing but his we, body we,
2: there. Harry He's just a sock we puppet. This.
1: We need to destroy this man. You I smash mean, this, this, this is, man. You've, you've just con- consulting firmed this move you've just like I hey, figured out the mathematical way to make this film work. No, here's, here's the fucking here. Here's the here. I was going to make this point, and then you just said something in opposition to the point, and so now I really got to make this point. This film represents Please. a type of humor that is literally impossible in in live action uh, cinema these days. That the the sense of humor here relies on a a logical leap from the audience that films are simply unable to do even I, what i don't even know what the comedies are, are I, bottoms i guess is coming out and that, that supposedly that's very funny it's supposed right? to be really I, good yeah I've, i don't guess i would love to go see bottoms i'm pretty sure i am aware of like the general like tone of the humor in bottoms and and that is like one that is like very goofy and silly and probably raunchy uh but like somewhat like tied to Reality and and often like pointing out the kind of heightened silly Love it nature my comments, of the my comedies are, are
2: somewhat tied to reality. Well,
1: that's what he's saying. That look, he doesn't you, like look, that this, shit, man. This this film I haven't seen a film like there hasn't been a film made like this in twenty years. Do you understand? No, this that? is a, this a is where really a Jackie Chan yeah. a Jackie Chan can be in a bath, turn his girlfriend's head. She sees the other Jackie Chan and does not go, "Oh, that's a different Jackie Chan." She goes, you're "How get- did you get over there?" <laughs>
2: you you <laughs> it's, you,
1: it's the, a mirror. The fact that you're like. Oh, how well, how he, he doesn't really look like he's conducting. How does everyone in the audience? No 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 the, no, no, no 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 no. You're, you're
2: misunderstanding. I no, I think, misunderstanding. I just think it would. I just think. I just think. I just think it would have made for a more fun, better scene no, and no, connected no, with the no, themes no, of the movie yeah, a little better to have it right. directed that way. If, but movie, w- if they uh, were uh, to I will,
1: remake this movie, I will That would be it, what they would do.
2: They if would they have re- some sort of logical. If they simply the, the directed the motions the
1: guy made in the car would actually look like conducting
2: motions. If they if they directed this movie again today, it would be like Chad Stahelski, and it would just be garbage. I think. but again, I will remind you. Before, before I get my butthole torn open even further here, mm-hmm. I like liked mm-hmm. this scene after watching it. I enjoyed this movie yes. more after yes. accepting that this scene was not what I wanted it to be. I still think it. that that yes. would have been a better scene had it been. But the fact that it wasn't set my expectations for the rest of the movie really made me enjoy it Did- way more.
1: This movie relies on one of the great comedic concepts, which is people doing extremely badly at things, but somehow everybody thinks they're actually geniuses. Yes. One of the that's one of the top ten comedic also, conceits of all time. Like
3: the reason why a movie couldn't be made like this today is because like nobody can pull it off the way Jackie Chan can. Right? Also, like, he's yes, so fucking good in this movie. Like, yeah, he's well, it's just like the the physical comedy, the way like he can sell it with his face, with his body. Um, I think. Sadly, I like your idea, Jason. I think I particularly like that this movie like staunchly opposes being a movie in that way. It like staunchly opposes giving these characters arcs. Really, like there there is one moment that is kind of hilarious because of how throwaway it is, where Boomer is like. The, the movie becomes Twins, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movie for like a second where Boomer's like, you know, if I had as many chances as you did, I might have ended up like you. They say that like that's one line. I think they're literally in an elevator and then they just go on with their lives. There is no more <laughs> introspection whatsoever in no this movie. No more poking at that. There, Very there is no vein. more poking at that. There is no more sort of like we got to come together as brothers. We got to learn to control this thing together. None of that. There is just a comedy uh, wedding gag, again, very Shakespearean at the end of this movie. I think I prefer that. I think I love the idea that this movie is like, clearly we could have an arc. Clearly we could have these brothers like learn from each other's differences. Hey, maybe, maybe we're not so different. Like maybe actually I can learn from you and you can learn from me, right? And maybe I can learn to loosen up a little bit and I can learn to, to have a little bit more decorum. Fuck all of that, right? Like, nah, you don't want that shit. You want be yeah, yeah. hard to like make the funniest movie possible. And the way he does that is by taking the like physical comedy to this fever pitch where like shit doesn't even make sense. It's the type of movie where, like you said, like it, this movie in the logic of this movie, uh, the, the two Jackie Chan twins, uh, John Ma and boomer, uh, when they're in proximity to each other, they can control each other's bodies inadvertently, sometimes never in a logically consistent way. Just sometimes, uh, that's just that's just the thing twins can do apparently. And, and in never the,
2: in the first thirty four years of their lives has this happened before. Well, yeah. except
3: that sometimes Boomer is doing piano hands when he's working on cars because <laughs> that's when John Ma is playing the piano. But it's just like that's never explained because fuck it. Like like what do you like? What do you want? You think the explanation's going to be funny? I think I kind of agree with Aaron where it's like I think the modern movie there would be like there would be like a scene where like these two like in the hospital scene, which is a really funny scene because of like the baby goes flying out the window and lands in like a drunk's like uh baby stroller. And there, there's a bunch of bottles in the baby stroller. And she's just like, <laughs> well, this is my baby now. Um Which again, this is basically Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. Uh, if both of them were just Jackie Chan. But um I love that. Like there was never like a, a wizard that made them connected or some shit. Right. Like, And similarly, I think I think the fact that this movie is just like, ah, fuck it. Like we did our actual climax, which was the scene we just described. But like we also need to have Jackie Chan beat up 30 guys Uh, and we'll, we'll sort of throw John Ma into that scene. Uh, and, and our other character too. They're not really going to do much, but they'll be there and it'll be pretty funny that they're there. And we'll find a bunch of funny set pieces, right? Like we'll, we'll take them to this, uh, car factory that somehow like the car is being tested in the rain. The car is being tested in like super heat. Uh, one of the funniest jokes in the movie to me was the whole crash test dummy thing. Um, mm-hmm. percent chance of survival with and without a seatbelt. Unbelievably funny. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. I just like, I, yeah, d- did this scene need to exist? Does it really make sense? No, not really. Did the movie actually kind of end before that scene? Sure. But like, I don't I don't care. I wanted to see it. And like, I got yep. to have it all. It's like a real have your cake and eat it too movie in
2: some ways. You, I think both of you got where I ended up just earlier. Like, it just came to you quicker. And I was... I don't know, hoping for, expecting some like something more in line with what I was used to from Jackie Chan movies. Having seen a good dozen or so, or more, probably more like two dozen movies of his at this point, um, but I think it does still get at like that the whole concept of where it decides to lean in, like you were saying, Harry. Um, in in this particular instance of like they could like go for the clear angle of what these two people advantaged or disadvantaged by their condition uh were able to achieve in life and then they just don't <laughs> yeah, simply like, they don't they, there was, they
3: literally just like faint at a nature versus nurture thing and then just exactly. never bring it up it's so funny they it's never, almost like an in-joke
2: right they go a little bit further with uh the other thing that i was going to bring up and this is my last point is um between tammy and uh barbara they are like barbara is sort of she's a dancer at a club she is not of you know she's not white collar she's not of the bourgeoisie she's street she's, smart she's street smart but she's not wealthy uh tammy is not street smart but she is very wealthy the daughter of a very prominent construction uh, company owner something like that just they say
3: magnet magnet
2: that's, that's right yeah uh, wherein like and through the switcheroo Uh, Tammy ends up being with Boomer thinking that it's John Ma. So she sort of gets a taste of what it's like to, again, like uh, pretty uh, big, like whatever, 2023 problematic flags on it. But she's given the taste of like what it's like to have carnal relations with a man who does, who like desires that and fulfills that sexual desire for her. And she's sort of like shown the debaucherous side of the world. And she's like, finds that she likes it. And, Barbara has a similar experience where she's treated tenderly and gingerly. But also and, only
3: kind of because they think that they're each other the whole time, and they're right. still sort of attracted to it's, the idea of the other person, even though they're with the, again, the other twin. Right? Again, it's, right. it's David It's, Lynch. it's
1: like we're – yes, Shakespeare, David Lynch. Sort of lost highway – <laughs> highest, uh, highest literary and
2: and kind of filmic inspirations here. It is, it is indeed where the movie decides to like because it's a, like it. It seems like a I won't say rich vein, but at least something that they could establish a little bit further for the character to like have. Oh, do these people actually? What do they want? Do they want? You know something that is aligned with their with the social order they're part of. Are they looking for something more or something like just different out of their lives? Have they just been shown this through like the way that this man has entered their lives and seemed to change on on command? Again, it's not a thing that like a comedy movie would need to lean into a whole lot to make an impact, but it feels like a thing that they could have without losing much right. and while gaining even just a little bit. And they almost would have lost nothing, and yet this movie, instead of that, leans just into okay, so we're going to have this. Mostly funny sequence with Maggie Chung, and a very very funny sequence with I'm uh, forgetting the, the actress's name, but the woman who plays uh, Tammy with, with the bathtub scene, which we can all agree is like one of the funniest in the in the movie, um, where like it, it is ends up. You understand the concept, you understand the conceit through the visual storytelling we've done, and now we're going to end it with a big old punchline, and then we're going to move to the next thing. It insists
3: upon being just about the jokes, yes. right? It, it's just like, yeah, you, you know what these characters are. We did a good enough job of establishing them. We're going to use them for jokes now, and you're going to like mm-hmm, that. Not mm-hmm. character arcs, not anything like that. Uh, by the way, the uh, the woman's name, um, Tammy, is uh, Nina Lee Chai. Thank Sh- you. Straight up shocked that they didn't give that role to Anita Mui. It, it seems I so obvious that, to me yeah. that 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 that's like it's almost like they couldn't get her it's just like well like you've we've got our maggie Chung, like where's our <laughs> anita Mui character and then they built one and they were like well we can't get anita Mui. <laughs> but you know
2: i wonder if that would have worked uh anita Mui has a sort of like street wise street smarts character about her in everything oh yeah I've that's not a bad in. point yeah. so i don't know if it would have worked like visually for her to look that or act that coquettish i don't know that i would have believed it um That was like my last actual point about them. And like, it's not sincere criticism again, by the, you know, 35 minute mark of this movie. I'm I'm afraid I have dropped all pretensions of what I, you know, what the pieces that they're laying out under under the play space for me are and sort of like where I thought it was going to go based on previous movies I've seen both in this vein and just starring some of the same people. Once those are gone, once those things are deconstructed for me, then what I'm able to rebuild in the aftermath of like the halfway mark is just so much fun. It's just so like just an experience to be had that I cannot describe how Uh, uh, weightlessly and like ludicrous. I'm I'm trying to come up with a better word. It's like, it's like I've lost my mind at times with this movie. I'm thinking of a couple of the shots in particular that I'm going to suggest for the good grief. Give me a Gift later
3: on. It is hysterical in all senses, right? There are times when you, you feel punch drunk because of like how fast and furious the jokes are coming. Um I guess I have uh one more thing which is just that like I don't know we don't we don't often cover movies that are critically panned right but um this movie did not receive uh good critical reviews contemporaneously a lot of people found it frivolous found it sort underrated of, film that that's you what know, I was about to I would say agree. it's like I I think like I legitimately not ironically Quite, quite enjoy like this movie, movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i really it's want good. to watch it again uh and and i had a blast with it and i think it's kind of weird like i mean i guess i can see because it eschews so much traditional sort of like plot creation in favor of really silly jokes but like sometimes silly dumb jokes really work when you have really great actors pulling them off right and i i just think that like they're I, there's nothing in this movie that doesn't really work for me. You know, uh well, most of this movie really works for me. Um, I don't know. I and even the stuff that doesn't, like, I get why it exists, you know, and it's like yeah, I, that's it just, I I'm it. so along for the ride. And so I guess um it sounds like, yeah, you guys are both on the same page, but like I like this movie a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I came to really like it. Um, is it one of the ones that's gonna be published with that uh freaking criterion or not criterion, is it Kino Lorber? Collection over the next few months. Cody was sharing this in one of the chats about how they're re releasing a number like six, including a fucking half a loaf of kung fu and like f- far uh, less known Jackie Chan movies. I'm just wondering if there is a place where we could sincerely re watch this at some point. Um, and whether or not um, well, they're like doing a like to- two,
1: are they doing like a set because I know they did the one and there's a volume two. I don't know if the volume mm. two is out.
2: Well. Do a Google search listener for whatever Google you might want to see from Jackie Chan's filmography. And I'll open the junk drawer here for um, final thoughts, uh, anything that didn't quite fit into our broader discussion. Um, mine is going to be, and I'll make this quick, The one of the scenes, Aaron, I didn't know that the uh, localized version was so much shorter than the maybe international or Hong Kong version of this movie, but um, the... One of the things that might have been left out is a music video, uh, sung by Maggie Chung. I believe the song, based on what I can find out, was written yeah, by, by a pop star named Shirley Kwan. The song is called "Ancient Times." I'll use it as the um, as the credits music. Just uh, spoiler alert, but the lyrics kind of get at sort of the, the the characterizations of particularly of the women, but also of the main characters um, that I was wishing that they'd touch on. Sometimes I want to give you a this little sampling of the of the credits. Uh, excuse me, of the the lyrics, translated lyrics from Cantonese. Do your accomplishments determine your status? Does your title determine your class? Success or failure doesn't necessarily mean winning or losing, and the good or bad are always hard to differentiate. Then lovers, what determines the value of our love in this world? We can never prove it clearly, clearly enough, yet if our love is deep, then there's nothing else. To ask about or doubt, uh, bro, you
3: went like Phil Collins on this shit, like the Tarzan soundtrack. It, it tr- where it's it like tr- you don't have to go so hard. It's a
2: very good song, and you should you should listen to it outside of the context of this uh, podcast as well. Does fate determine love's ending? Do promises determine if a love is true or fake? Separating does not always equal good or bad. It's so hard to tell true love from a fake one when your love is infatuated. Like,
3: just holy shit, dude! It's <laughs> legitimately
2: touching. Like th- these uh, concepts of like going beyond your class and like the determinism uh, of your of your like the conditions of your birth and upgrade. Yeah, they I, actually
3: I told her that she was writing for Bergman's persona, <laughs> uh, the theme song for Bergman's persona. But and then they just sort of switched it out at the last minute.
2: Really did agree with that one, but at least it got its due eventually. Um, Aaron, Harry, do you have any final thoughts that we should get to before uh, talking about the visuals of this movie? Um, I'll
3: um, uh, go ahead. You go. You go. Uh, no, uh, go. i get you no, a sponsor you that loves you the way that uh, Mitsubishi loves Jackie Chan. Mitsubishi's yep. are all again over his motherfucking movies. They're everywhere. <laughs> often, it's so getting, funny. Trashed. often yeah. getting trashed yes but but still um let's see uh i don't know that i have many more jokes drawer thoughts uh the maybe this is better saved for the uh good grief give me a gif but i was waiting for like the one sequence of really awesome uh like stunt prop comedy uh action in this movie and there's a moment where um jackie chan is fighting with a guy um and there's like a toolbox full of wrenches and he like keeps using his kicks and feet feet to like keep the wrenches away from the guy and i i really i finally got it and it was like oh yes okay this movie is complete i can die happy now so (laughs) shout outs to that i was really it was sort of like the uh it was like the fridge sequence in rumble for the bronx right where it's like it's it's always in the middle of an action sequence, kind of uh, understated there's just one set piece that is, like, the coolest shit you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was it for me this time.
1: Uh, I'll say that this is, a, uh, I think, a really genuinely enjoyable uh, bad dub. I think the the dub in this is uh, yes. not... I wish we had talked uh, about that. Uh, that's a really good quality, point, yeah. But it is it is quite I, I found it qu- from the get-go from the very first scene uh enjoyable and it's kind of cheesy nature i did watch this uh uh i, I uh, was was nice enough to stream this uh for my brother and we watched it over discord uh and uh he he made a very good point that i will trip nice job nick he said that uh in dubs you do not want to be the wimpy guy in a scene because every wimpy guy in a dub ends up ends up just sounding like this and it's like that's the worst sounding guy of all time you do not want to be that yeah. guy every other guy sounds cool but the, the wimpy <laughs> he character. sounds like a
3: podcaster am i right <laughs> yeah, he sounds like
1: hey, why are you
2: being so mean to me <laughs>
1: Yeah, literally that voice—that just the just worst voice of all time. You don't want to be that guy. Your goal in life is not. I don't to be know. It sounds
2: guy. really fun to be that guy. Maybe this is like uh, uh, indicative of my goals and aspirations of life. But it sounds like pretty fun, pretty fun living being that guy.
3: Um, I agree with that. By the way, Aaron, I uh, I pretty quickly came around, and by the end of the movie, I, I was actually pretty glad that we watched the dub rather than the sub. Although you know, I'm I'm a sub man till I die, obviously. But there's just I'm something the dub about defender. this. This specific kind of movie uh, that, like, the hilarious badness of the dub where, like, I'm pretty sure, I think we talked about this, Jason, but, like, I'm pretty sure Jackie Chan and Maggie Chung did their own lines in English. No, they did.
2: It yeah. seems like okay. it, yeah.
3: But yeah. everybody else very clearly didn't, and so it's pretty funny to watch, like, like a, a person who sounds, like, convincingly like Jackie Chan, and then he talks to somebody else, and the guy's like, you're mine. It now... And and that it's like you know it's it's sort of like oh like you can really hear the ADR <laughs> it's, yeah it's pretty funny
1: yeah I, I will also say that I I think Jackie Chan uh it is very clear how much better he got at like dubbing his own lines but also just like generally speaking English by the time like uh, mm-hmm. uh like uh, Rush Hour came out I think that he is like quite good at it you know what I mean um and I think that like. A lot of it's like it's probably pretty hard. There's like a lot of nuances to like dubbing and that like, oh, I have to say the sentence that is like very short in the original language. And now I'm dubbing it in this language where it's like mm-hmm. very long. And there's like there's there's lines where he's just like clearly rushing through, uh, you know, whatever, like mangled translation it is in English. Right. Um, and so, like, I feel kind of bad for, for people who have to do that, uh, especially because they often get clowned on. Yeah. Well, um, also,
3: like, just in general, like, uh, for, for some reason, localization as sort of an art form or a study seems like it was invented in, like, 2005, <laughs> where, yeah. where, where, like, before then, sort of like translations were just, like, I bet this is a different ass movie in its original, uh, Cantonese sure. than it is in English because, like, <laughs> I whole bet, side like, oh, shit. yeah. Just, just totally jettisoned. <laughs> just, like, yeah. uh because like it it really is true though that like i you watch a dub and then a sub and you're like they're the never the twain shall meet right it's like there's not a single line that wasn't like i think i've yeah. seen like three different versions of legend of the drunken master and all of them are like wildly different translations mm-hmm.
2: just move but like to aaron's and your point about like the dub in this movie i do want underscore because again sub till i die this movie dub it's one of the few exceptions. Yeah, uh, I would say I would like, agree with that. Particularly near the end in the there's a scene where uh Tyson is first strapped into the crash test car, it crashes, Tyson is in the seat, and uh and Jackie gets to watch it happen and he's all concerned and then you just hear robotic voice say probability of survival with when seat belts is fastened 99% and then Tyson wakes up and he's like ah i had my seatbelt on i'm good well, and then he faints and anyway. the
3: minute 99% happens his eyes like burst open it's wonderful like, yeah, it's, it's so, wonderful and then and, then, and, then, and, then, and then, yeah.
2: then following up on that uh there's like again the bad guy the like the big bad at the very end strapped into the same car shot at the same thing you like the setup is almost the exact same It's where the shots look alike and then it explodes in the most Fiery, obviously, spelling doom, death, crash. You've ever seen the body is invisible, and then just the same robotic voice says, "Probability of survival without seatbelt fastened: zero percent." <laughs> and it would not have hit. Like much due respect to the original language and to the subbing capabilities of whoever localized this would not have hit the same. If I had also, to what a on the fucking
3: good joke! God, <laughs> Very that's funny. so good.
1: This film and Princess Mononoke, okay, just better with dubs, you know? That's uh, Hang on. <laughs>
3: Wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe
2: we close up that junk drawer before we get a little too out of pocket for now. But thank you so much for your junk drawer thoughts. I will uh, open up one final segment uh, as Cody is not able to join us for this edition uh, of Good grief. Give Me a GIF. It's uh, the part of the show where I ask the guys if what gifts they want to see go out with the movie on Twitter. Mine is going to be when the big bad guy Uh, excuse me one of the big bad guys he's like the racing head bad guy who wants to break Tyson's legs Uh, gets hit by a truck and just ping pongs between two trucks in this absurd shot for like four seconds I lost my and that's before the midway point where I was really on board with this movie Still lost it at that part, and that I'm probably going to try an infinite loop because it's just going to be a really good visual. Imagine that. just He's got to be bloodied, beaten, bruised. He's just got to be brown underneath there. Wonderful, wonderful shot, uh, and really indicative of the, of the movie's like really too far slapstick. Um, but I want to know what you guys think about what should be the gift for this movie. Uh, uh, Aaron, uh, the, first. Sh- the
1: shot, the shot where, uh, very quick, again, the, the climax is full of like classic Jackie Chan, quick comedic bits. The bit where, uh, one of the bad guys is, there is like a little rolling table with a variety of different like wrenches and lead pipes on it. And the bad guy reaches for one Jackie Chan puts his foot on top of it so he can't grab it. And then he goes to reach for other ones one after another. And Jackie Chan just flicks each of them behind him. Really good. like So he can't reach them. And it's like, it's probably too short maybe for a get, but like that was like, I saw that and I was like, that is fucking incredible. I never thought of that before. I've never seen something like that before incredible it's like i said that
3: was the rumble in the bronx moment with the fridge right where it's just there's that one little scene where where it's like holy shit that's that's the coolest i've ever seen yes um let's see uh the bass sequence where um where she sees jackie chan all sudsy behind her and then in front of her would be pretty good um let's see uh there is a really funny moment uh where uh boomer he conducts himself so hard that he goes flying out of the auditorium and then he's gone for like two minutes and everybody's just sitting there in silence and then he comes like sheepishly like sneaking crawling back in and the door opens and jackie chan just peeks around the corner with like this big shitty grin on his face um i found that very funny and then he keeps conducting so maybe one of those but let's be honest this is probably gonna be a ping pong one
2: it's, I'm we'll see we'll see nothing is nothing is determined until the date of our publication which should be this coming Tuesday uh give a watch of this movie if you can folks it is a very fun movie um if you enjoy the jackie Chan bit if you don't it is still a lot of fun my girlfriend Sky was with us when we were watching this movie and she was just having the time of her life watching this too just really for the people this movie um check it out wherever you can find it I, I'll leave a link to the archive.com org version of this. I think it's the sub potentially. I haven't actually watched it, but I did find it for the gifts. Check it out. Uh, if you don't mind the subversion there. Um, but for right now, uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of TryLove. Love. Go to, back to our backlogs. Check out, there's, there's, check out if there's a movie that we've covered that you want to see. Uh, don't judge me against my voice skills on microphone. It's tonight at um, uh, 11, 12 p.m. CST. I've been drinking about a half of a hams after a day at the fair and napping, so it is not my most compost mentis moment. Uh, I appreciate your your patience and your time and attention on this episode of Try Love. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Try Love Podcast. Check out me on Twitter at Uh
3: My girlfriend was also at the movie. You're not special, Jason. Gotcha. Uh, I've been Harry Mac, and you can find me on Twitter at PunishTake.
1: I watched this with my twin brother. Holy <laughs> shit! Wait, no, that's the best one.
2: <laughs> How did I miss that? should have invited oh, him on the pod,
1: actually. Yeah, that would have wow. been really good. Oh, been yeah.
2: twin. Hey, two twins on this podcast. Also, We've he could have made well. his, his wimpy yeah. guy uh, comment, it's which true. is pretty good. He yeah. should
1: have instead of me steal, stealing it. Stealing it
3: from him. No, he, he just make move it. from you. Yeah, Set it through your mouth uh, like the guys in Twin Dragons. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna call this Double Dragon for the rest of my life. Yeah, every I've single been typing time, up and almost yeah. getting Double
2: Dragon every time. Billy and Jimmy, Aaron. Do people want to find you on the internet? And how?
1: Aaron, RB, please Twitter. Uh,
2: yeah, co-host uh, Cody Narveson couldn't make it for this episode. but I said it at last time. I'll that's say right. it again. It's at Cody underscore BH on Twitter. Check him out.
3: Cody underscore Butthole
0: sing by maybe fun 所以你濃無離請思放好把 ngôi燈 擊鼓